Welcome to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture and a person who believes the practice of joy makes resiliency, sustainability, and justice possible. And I'm very pleased to be joined today by Jim Emery, who in 2023 earned a James Beard Leadership Award for his 50 years, 50 years experience um, as an activist. Welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Jim. It's great being here. Hey, I love you all so much. I, I joined you all, as you know, last year. We had a wonderful conversation. Uh, I just appreciate, you know, you all's uh, the work you all do. I'm going to say a big shout out to all the listeners and viewers in Food Freedom Radio Land. Hey, we love you all too, and 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 thank y'all for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. So, um, even as I started looking at your background, it is such a amazing story. But um, let's let's start let's start at the beginning. Tell us about your childhood and how you grew up. And the plants okay, you grew sure. up with. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I grew up um, in this wonderful family legacy of what I call uh, ancestors who were agrarian, intellectual activists here in um, Madison County, Kentucky, which sits at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, it's land that is um, fed by the Kentucky River watershed and the soil it is heavily mineralized in limestone rock. And that's what has made me is the land uh, and my uh, wonderful family legacy of, of activism. Folks who went to college in 1879, uh, formerly enslaved, uh, built community, uh, built churches and schools and businesses and cooperatives. Um, so my uh, uh, childhood was uh, uh, very much uh, and the roots of agrarian culture, black agrarian culture here, uh, where people worked together, helped each other out, and we pretty much ate what we grew. And we, not only did we plant things, but we were great foragers, okay? Going into the pastures, finding, you know, spring, you know, wild greens and wild medicinal herbs, and into the um, woods to find walnuts and hickory nuts and ginseng and medicinal herbs and uh, just, uh, you know, and also hunting, you know, for all kinds of, of, of wild game, rabbits and possums and raccoons and fishing. Uh, and I was, so I feel very fortunate to have been born in that kind of environment where people believed in cooperation, working together and talk about joy I'm on this joy and justice journey in June, again, the second year, and with a very joyful life, in spite of the, the ever-present segregation, racism, violence, and, and discrimination, our family and our community were very joyful people, uh, you know, very much church going and, and making quilts. I live in a house now that my great uncle uh, built, he and his wife, with their hands, literally. And in this living room is where most of the women would gather, uh, Laura, with these piles of what I thought were rags and would make these quilts without a design, just talking and, and, and telling stories. So I learned about being a griot from being around uh, members of family who are always great storytellers. And that quilt making, in my view, is about where we are today, that we're trying to think more in terms of systems, more about uh, communities, beloved communities, and how do we knit 
questions of peace and safety, resilience within our communities, I call it then requilting. Requilting. Yeah, I yes. like that because I've heard a lot of people talk about weaving and being weavers. Yeah. So that seems aligned with that type of um, vocalization. Absolutely. Cool. And okay, so um, so the, tell us about this James Beard Leadership Award that seems kind of like a, a big thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big thing, absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to Chicago uh, for three days in June. I'm trying to find me like, you know, um, a false beard. Cause I call it being bearded, okay? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we'll see how that checks out. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, the James Beard Foundation Awards are like the Oscars of the food and agricultural system. It's been uh, primarily for chefs and restaurant owners. But back, oh, 2018, the James Beard Foundation and the Oscars and many of the other big national award programs were criticized because primarily who was being recognized were white people. And we said, yeah, we know there's been some really creative, bad folk who, I mean, I mean, really incredible, really great people who were white. Yeah, but people of color have done a few things too. So what happened uh, within the James Beard, they uh, did some soul searching, uh, began to have some inner reflection and thinking about how they could make the awards more inclusive include people of color in a variety of ways uh, in their incredible awards program. So they began changing uh, the uh, how the uh, judging panel was made up, okay, adding more people of color within the judging panels. They also began to uh, broaden the particular um, categories of selection. And they also recognized that these incredible chefs and restaurant people get food from somebody, okay, get food from somebody who are the farmers and the growers, both rural and urban farmers. They thought, well, let's also begin to recognize folks in that category. And also the whole intersect of food justice uh, arose within their consideration. They thought, well, it's important for us to recognize individuals like me, okay, who've been uh, working on these this intersect of food justice. And part of my mantra has been, Laura, for uh, some years is that uh, the country is founded upon stolen land from indigenous people, stolen labor from enslaved Africans to do what? To do agriculture and to be involved in other aspects of the food industry, okay? So we recognize that's the foundational contradiction that's given rise to other injustices but also what we're saying, and James Beard Foundation agrees, is that this intersect of food and agriculture can now become this fulcrum for social transformation because that's where lies the fundamental contradiction. It's also the contradiction uh, or the area of work where oftentimes women are the most oppressed, most abused, most violated, uh, underpaid, and many other aspects of injustice reside there for women. So we're saying that, that this intersect then of food and ag is really critical for the whole notion of social transformation. We begin do, when we begin doing more of that, then we can all be more peaceful, okay, as we all enjoy 
these questions of freedoms and responsibility, you know, uh, in our country. I, I love what you said. And one th- phrase that popped into me is we've also commoditized our plant relatives and our food has yes. become commoditized. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, you know, I'm going to be speaking on Chicago with the James Beard folk uh, during that leadership awards. Uh, we each have about three minutes to say a few things. I'm going to begin by saying it's not about me, but it's about we. And the we means, of course, then my ancestors, okay, uh, who were brought here from, we think, Nigeria. And that's part of the we, because I'm getting an award because I come out of this agrarian intellectual activist culture. And the we is individuals like you, Laura, and my dear friends there, okay, in the Twin Cities I love so much, my dear brother uh, Melvin. I've had this joyful experience of working with some incredible, uh, you know, food activists, social activists uh, in every uh, category of movement work. But also the we, also the we, is not just the human people, okay, it's the plant people, the animal people, the air people, the water people, the rock people, the soil people, are all part of the we that we go to James Beard and have these wonderful gala events if it weren't for the fungi in particular. <laughs> okay. And them foods have been around for about 500, 600 million years, okay? And, and they are the ones that broke down, you know, the rocks and broke down the early trees and the early life forms to what we call soil. The fungi began doing that, okay? And everything else is built upon these millions of years of work of fungi then along comes 200 million years ago, uh, this rise, what we call flowering trees and plants with these incredible biodiversity all around the, the earth of these great colors and taste and, and, and sensations of what we now call food. So, yeah, so, so uh, I, I'm agreeing that when I'll be speaking, I'll be speaking about that more comprehensive we beyond just the human people. And going into that we is the work of joy. Yes, 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 absolutely. And, and for me, you know, it's, it's just to, to be alive, just to be alive, period, is, in my view, just a joyful space to be in. But to be alive, Laurel, at this pivotal point in human maturation, okay, human evolution, to me, it's like, wow, because I think that we're at that stage and the butterfly metamorphosis where we're moving out of that caterpillar stage uh, of existence. We think we know it all. We're rambunctious. We eat up stuff. We destroy stuff. But we're in a point of transition as a species to where we can become this much greater conscious uh, uh, species of how we recognize that the earth is a sacred planet and that our work is to is to be in resonance with the earth rhythms rhythms and regard the earth then as these are all about sacred relationships to breathe air is a sacred relationship okay to have food and to and to be a steward of the earth uh is it so it's a joyful time to say wow i get to contribute in a small way to this maturation 
of us as a species. That to me is incredibly joyful. <laughs> It is. Now, and we're going to take a break, and we are talking with uh, Jim Ambry, um, uh, the 2023 James Beard Leadership Award, who is going to be in the Twin Cities in June, and we're going to be talking more about the details of, of your trip on the joy and justice journey. Um, and again, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm Laura Hedlund. Back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and you're, um, we're very pleased to have in the studio with us Jim Embry, who uh, won a, a leadership award from the James Beard um, Foundation in 2023. Um, yes. And and so last year you did a Joy and Justice tour, and you're doing it again this year. So tell us a little bit about what last year was like and what, what you're doing this year. Absolutely. Well, uh, the Joy and Justice journey in June actually almost began as an idea way back in 2018, when I was uh, asked to write the Equity, Inclusion, and Justice Manifesto for Slow Food USA. And then we were trying to kick out that manifesto to all the chapters of Slow Food around the country. I thought it would be good if we would have what we call Slow Food Ambassadors, my being one of those, who'd go around uh, the country visiting chapters and trying to help them embed the theory and the practice of equity, inclusion, and justice within their chapters. And uh, what happened then, uh, we were trying to get some funding to do that. Then COVID stepped in and delayed that. So then last year, uh, my family and I were going to go to Hawaii for a vacation uh, out of uh, California. I thought, wow, you know, I haven't really driven across country okay, before <laughs> like that. Uh, why don't I try to combine this family trip with this idea of the slow food ambassadors around the theme of joy and justice. That was our theme, joy and justice. And we were able, uh, Laura, to get some of our slow food uh, members of the family in Tanzania at this um, uh, women's uh, art cooperative. And we got them to uh, design and make for us about 500 of these really beautiful joy and justice bracelets to sell for, so we then get more people of color going to Slow Food Nations in the Terra Madre. So uh, I mapped out, you know, a 35-day uh, <laughs> journey. <laughs> Began, I think, around the end of May. I got back home July 4th. Uh, I went 6,000 miles driving, not to Hawaii, though. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard um, to drive to Hawaii. <laughs> I went to like 25, you know, cities, 15 states. 10 or 12 slow food chapters, about 10 or 15 food cooperatives, or oh, about 30 urban rural farms, about 10 or 12 uh, indigenous people's either reservations or schools. I went what was called the Santa Fe Indian School. They're in uh, Santa Fe, for example. And I visited folks, you know, up in uh, Canyon de Chez, who are the uh, Dene, we call them Navajo people. And I visited folks, you know, in Hawaii who were indigenous. Uh, anyway, just all along the way. And then I, 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 as I was telling you all, last, I was in last year, I was in Twin Cities. I said, well, I had saved the best for last. <laughs> because pretty much my trip to uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis was that tail end of that joy and justice journey. And it was incredible, uh, I think, three or four days. 
And then I was, I, I was being asked to add an extra day. I said, no, I can't add an extra day. I'm getting back home by July 4th. So this day, as you know, we've got, uh, I think it's five just incredible days, about seven or eight different events that are very um, old, like varied. Uh, we've got some events like uh, the uh, uh, 27th year of the Community Peace Celebration coming up when I arrive there on June 16th. Then we have programs like the Ujamaa Seed Symposium. We're going to be bringing to the Twin Cities this idea of becoming seed farmers. Because what we maintain, Laura and listeners, is that this whole question of climate change and how do we develop resilience, that the basic foundation of resilience is seeds. And if we don't have seeds, okay, I'm talking about seeds that are grown more regionally or are saved more regionally where we have these regional uh, seed banks and seed vaults and and and, and uh, seed commons we call them seed commons then we take we can't talk about resilience so we'll be we'll, we'll be coming with that kind of uh, initiative that we're on now to help call seed commons around the country then we have programs uh for for young people uh where we're engaging uh, if you will, the next generation of activists. And I understand that my activism began as a 10-year-old, okay, when I was a, a member of CORE, because my mother was the president of CORE in Northern Kentucky, and how important that youth activism was for me uh, as I was growing up as a teenager, well into college, and I helped form and found the Black Student Union and got involved in many other activities of supporting unions and progressive struggles and all the various social movements were really critical. So we recognize that, that uh, we need to en engage young people in seeing themselves as movement activists for social change. And that program, I think, is on um, the, uh, uh, the uh, 19th, actually morning of Juneteenth. And then we're going to have this incredible uh, uh, canoe trip <laughs> beginning at Hidden Falls and, and going down to Harriet uh, uh, Island, led by this incredible young brother, uh, Kirian, who's going to be guiding us on this both historical trip that includes some of the uh, sites, but also some of the indigenous culture uh, that uh, we, we can still see there on that uh, incredible uh, canoe ride. And then we have uh, an incredible dinner on the um, 17th at the Frogtown Farm. And, and we were there last year, and that was an incredible experience at Frogtown last year. A lot of gift giving and, and a lot of uh, just sharing of, of songs and poetry and words. Uh, it was incredible. So uh, we're just, we're just, I'm just excited about being once again in the Twin Cities and I love you all so much. We ask all of our listeners and viewers uh, to check out the uh, Food Freedom Radio website, and you'll get all the details of times so, and locations. So I, oh yeah. yeah, we are taping this in May. So, um, but we we know that um, Friday, June sixteenth, is the um, annual Community Peace Celebration, and that's at Western Sculpture Park, three eighty seven Marion Street in St. Paul. And these are events you just show up for. You don't have to register. It's you know show up for that peace ceremony. Um, and um, and then also we know on uh, Saturday, June 17th, there's the Seed Symposium from 8.30 to 1 o'clock, and that's at Oak Park Space. There's Joy and Justice at Bride, 
Bridal Veil Gardens at 2905 Street, Southeast Minneapolis. And then the Frogtown Farm event from 2 to 7.30 on Saturday, June 17th. And again, these are show up. You know, just show up like like Jim Davis sings, um, and uh, and then the canoe trip um, and um, some other celebrations will be going on. And we'll we'll send a link from the Food Freedom Facebook page. I haven't really been using it that much, but we can update it that way. It's a, a quick, easy way to update it. Yeah, I want to so, yeah. say as well, uh, Laura, if I can, that on June twentieth, we're going to be meeting up for morning breakfast. And just the last goodbye and last hugs and high fives and, and whatever at the Breaking Bread Cafe. So if you happen to miss me in the previous days, or even if you if you were able to come, please come. Let's celebrate together. Have a great breakfast at Breaking Bread uh, Cafe. And that's on Tuesday, June twenty fourth, uh, Breaking Bread Cafe. Oh, yeah, what a wonderful! So, how did I, I, we're going to take a break, and when we come back. I, I really want to do a deep dive on what does it mean to be joyful in tough yes, times, yes, you know, yes, and yes. how does that kind of how do they work together? So, you're mm-hmm. listening to Food Freedom Radio, and uh, I'm Laura Headland. We'll be right back with uh, maybe I'm, I'm saying this a lot, giving James Beard, but it's a pretty big deal to get a James Beard Leadership Award in 2023. Yes. So, uh, talking with Jim Embry about joy and justice. I don't know. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and, in, and uh, joining me now is Jim Embry, um, and who will be doing a Joy and Justice tour, and will be in the Twin Cities um, uh, in June 16th through the 20th, um, and we'll post the updated things on our Facebook page uh, for Food Freedom Radio, but we know that on Friday, June 16th, uh, there will be an annual community peace celebration from 2 to 6 at Western Sculpture Park in St. Paul. On Saturday, June 17th, um, all day, there is a seed Symposium at Oak Park Space in the morning. Uh, Joy and Justice at Bridal Vale Gardens um, at 2905 Street Southeast Minneapolis. And then Frogtown Farm from 2 to 7.30. And um, on uh, on the final day, Tuesday, June 14th, uh, Jim will be at um, Appetite for Change um, uh, Breaking Bed- Bread Cafe um, from 9 to 11. So a lot of activities. And again, what's the point? What, what's the story behind this um, Joy and Justice? Well, the story is still about this over larger uh, idea that Dr. King talked about. He said that the arc of the moral universe bends towards justice. Okay. And my life mission has been even before I was born. Okay. Before I was born, I was called uh, to be involved uh, in this work of social transformation, seeking peace, uh, and, and all the elements that our country has been promising since its founding. It's, it's about that. It's about, but it's also about recognizing that during the civil rights movement, people visited a whole lot. There were a variety of organizations. Our house, Laura, in Northern Kentucky, because my mother was a president of CORE, was a stopping off point for people who were going south for the freedom rides, for the different demonstrations, uh, summer programs. Our house was like part of that green book stopping point, okay? Full of people going back and forth uh, for, for help build the movement. 
So sometimes what happens, we have been bamboozled to think that the movement are these big marches. Okay, we talk about, we celebrate the Selma March. We celebrate the March on Washington. We celebrate other uh, big events like that. We think that is the movement. But those events were the culmination of daily meetings, daily conversations with people, uh, organizational meetings, people traveling around, knowing each other, trusting each other, loving each other, protecting each other, it was also the foundation of the movement. I've kind of forgotten about that. So part of my uh, uh, effort in the joy and justice journey is to literally just go across the country and just meet people that I know already, for example, and part of the inspiration, again, for coming to uh, the Twin Cities is because of my beloved uh, dear brother, uh, Melvin Giles, who we'd worked uh, for years uh, help, in helping organize with Will Allen, his daughter, Erica Allen, uh, the fantastic Growing Food and Justice gatherings sponsored by the Growing Power Organization. It was part of the big inspiration to coming your way. And, and I've met since then, all kind of incredible people like you, okay, and Sophie Javna and, and Zoe Solomon and, and, and Holloman, and all kinds of wonderful people there in the Twin Cities. And uh, so for me, it's like going around literally this interview, the things that I, it's like plugging in myself, like a cell phone being charged <laughs> up. So, so I go around the country, okay, I get to meet people, uh, see people, uh, you know, share people share seeds and, and ideas, and I get charged up. And I'm already, as you know, I'm already pretty wired up as it is, okay? Pretty high energy. <laughs> uh, but I literally go around the country, and I, it's, it's reciprocal energy that's being, uh, you know, transmitted back and forth, uh, and the whole idea of, of, like, being reciprocal. So it's about uh, this idea of building the movement, and in my view, <clears throat> the movement towards sustainability which means defining how we as humans live on the earth within the rhythms of the earth, okay? Earth rhythms. That movement encompasses then all the other movements. And I've been involved, Laura, in all the social movements since the late 50s. Yeah. Civil rights movement, women's movement, environmental movement, labor movement, you know, uh, whatever else. All those movements, I've had a key role in all of those. But... The idea of, you know, of humans and how we now must recognize that the Earth is a sacred planet, a living organism, some call it Gaia, and our work is to get in resonance with those sacred rhythms of the Earth. And that is ultimately joyful work. Yes. Oh, yes. Incredibly, incredibly so. And, um, you know, we had this story today, uh, or a story yesterday, or this week came out, the global warming is likely to breach the 1.5 degrees milestone within five years. Um, and uh, so this will certainly be the hottest year on record, and there's a two and three chance that, uh, you know, we're going to hit that, uh, that, that threshold. How do we be is the word joyful facing or being aware of what is real and raw? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But again, I think that I look at climate change and the questions of climate change in a more historical situation, looking back at maybe the last 200,000 years, last 2 million years, 
of human evolution. And we've always faced challenges, okay? Well, it might be the challenge of the ice age and ice coming into a, a situation. We faced challenges of, 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 of other kinds of, of climate issues. We faced questions of, uh, of the fall of, of uh, the, the empires and the monarchy. We have faced the questions of, do we keep continuing this four or 500 years of, of enslaving African people? Uh, the questions of, of, of women's oppression and patriarchy. So I look at it not so much as that suddenly we have this incredible problem that we can't face. I view that humans have a capacity to, to respond to uh, situations as we have over our journey on this earth. I look at it that way and I say, okay, well, we've been trying to figure out what it means to be human for about 2 million years, okay? But I don't view us as being civilized yet. We are approaching being civilized people. If we were civilized, then we, didn't, we wouldn't pollute the air, the water, the soil that becomes us. We wouldn't do any harm to women because we all come through women if we were mature and civilized. So we're maturing as a species. And this, uh, for me to be, to be impactful, my view is that joy allows creativity to come through. If we're angry mm -hmm. and if we're, you know, just uh, burn out, it's hard to be creative. And I have found that, you know, when I got my creative, joyful, excited juices flowing, <laughs> all kinds of ideas come in. I'm open to people. Uh, and my view, I can talk to anybody, okay, anybody. <laughs> you know, three years ago, former Vice President Al Gore, okay, called me. Uh, he said, yeah, so my farm manager heard you speak out in Portland, and you had this incredible message, but she was saying you could, she could feel your vibration, okay, when you were speaking, and I want you to be on my show, okay? Uh, when I was at the, you mentioned earlier, Laura, about Chicago, we're having again uh, this global gathering called the Parliament of World Religions, and I spoke uh, there three or four times back in, uh, I think it was 2018, on behalf of Slow Food USA. I'm doing this workshop about George Washington Carver and the idea of my grandparents who were friends with him, uh, his role in building cooperatives and his work with, you know, with, 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 with Einstein. And, and he was a good friend with Gandhi that brought King, the nonviolent theory. I'm in this workshop speaking and a guy who was part of the um, Jainism phase walked by then he came back and stood there and we were like ending up, you know, that session. He, he, so he came in and said, wow, I could just feel in your eye. I could feel how you were speaking that you really loved what you were talking about. And I had to come and meet you. So for me, then joy is, 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 is just the joy of living to be alive in this moment and to be able to be in a halfway right mind, okay? Halfway right mind. <laughs> and get to meet up with all kind of incredible people. I'm like a pollinator. I get to go around this, this pasture, this field that we call the United States, Turtle Island, the world. I was in Italy last um, fall for the Terra Madre gathering. I was in Puerto Rico in December. I travel a lot. And, and that's just so joyful to be able to engage with people and meet incredible 
beloved kindred spirits all around the world. It's just so joyful. But again, to be creative in how we address these absolutely severe challenges is, is the key to being creative, is being joyful. Yeah, and uh, something about a cup runneth over. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I'm not like, you know, uh, a Bible scholar. Uh, some of our audience members may be the Bible scholars. I forget, you know, what book it's in, Exodus or Genesis, but I think it might be in Psalms, okay? It might be Psalms 23, where it talks about, it says, and my cup runneth over. And then it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow. So humans are meant to live, in my view, every day with our cup runneth over, to be engaged in this maturation process Okay, I'll call it transformation, call this this movement for justice for everybody. Uh, but, when, but when you are engaged, then goodness it falls just, like rain. Yeah, okay. it does. It does. And oh, it does. Oh, I mean, yeah. the other day I was just, there's all these pollinators and bees and very different kinds at the blueberry bush, so much that I could actually, oh, yeah. it was making, oh, yeah. it was like a song, right? It was like a band yeah. playing there, right? Yeah. And just yeah. observing and slowing down enough to be present to this beautiful, whatever this mystery of life is, and just, just being able to witness it and... Uh, and 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 live in that world instead of the world where everything's commoditized. You give it the right drugs, and then it's right, and then we're going to have all this money. You know, this type of um, those types of. And you were talking earlier about the structures of the economy, and that's why um, the cooperative movements um, are so key to creating living, vital, joyful um, economics. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, again, I come out of a culture, a family culture, where after the, after emancipation. Uh, our folk helped, they built community right here where I live at now. They built churches, they built schools, uh, they bought businesses, they bought farms, and these were all cooperatives. Uh, my, my great-grandparents were part of the uh, Black Farmer Cooperative. There were about two million, okay, <coughs> Black farmers in the South, part of that cooperative. And also, there were teacher associations. Those are cooperatives. We mustn't forget the Underground Railroad was a system of cooperative uh, elements, okay, going from south to north. Uh, the, um, our country was founded upon these um, three branches of government that were borrowed from the Iroquois Federation. Mm -hmm. At one time, as you know, five uh, nations, and then later on six, that was a cooperative. But also, Laura, I'm saying that human cooperatives, and there are many aspects of those, many different categories, is us catching up with how the earth already operates. Exactly, okay? exactly. That is, that, that, yeah, uh, that, that's, that is how the earth operates. You know, it's the-, the Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned earlier about pollinators. Well, you've got, again, this rise 200 million years ago, flowering trees and plants, and they evolved almost simultaneously with pollinators of every sort from insects to mammals, like, you know, bats and, and you know, butterflies and bees and all kinds of things are pollinators. Um, and so that right there is this great system of cooperation. A plant, a seed gets in the right soil medium with some water. You have the cooperation between the soil and the water and the fungi and the microbes. Then they cooperate with the air 
to exchange, you know, oxygen, carbon dioxide, nitrogen. Then they cooperate with the sun, bringing in the sun's rays, okay, and the celestial suns and the moon. And you have all these incredible parts of this system, what we then call pollination. That's cooperation. And you can find it, as you were saying, all throughout the earth. So for me, a, a cooperative is us humans trying to mimic how the earth already operates. And knowing ourselves. I like what you said earlier, yeah. knowing and trusting and loving yeah. ourselves yes. and then protecting each other. Yes. You yes. know, and, and and moving that forward in a in an economic system that's joyful. Do you know, it feels like the future might be a good place. Yes. Well, and it has been. Again, I think that what happens in, in our culture, we dumb down to people and we give people a sense of who they are based upon the last, say, 400 years of capitalism as an economic system based upon profit and saving people, extraction, exploitation, okay? But for me, it's important to look at the longer human saga beyond just the last 500 years and say, okay, we've, we've been trying to figure out what it means to be human when the pyramids were built, okay? The pharaohs, these big ruling classes, uh, had people working for 25 and 30 years to build this big structure for the Pharaoh to be buried in. But we're not doing that anymore, okay? Uh, when I was in Chichen Itza, Laura, years ago on a diving trip uh, in, 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 uh, in, in Cozumel, went to Chichen Itza, these big pyramids there, and the guide was saying, who was mighty, was saying, well, you know, when humans had this devastating uh, occurrence of something in their in Chichen Itza, maybe the crops didn't come in, maybe the floods came in, or whatever happened that was really devastating. So what we would do in our uh, in, in our uh, rock quarry right here, we would take women, okay, young women, and would sacrifice them and throw them over into the water to appease the gods who must have been angry because uh, the floods came. Well, we're not quite doing that anymore, okay? So I'm just saying... That we've, that we've come a long way, okay, a long way. A long way. Well, we got a long oh. way to go. We have to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're talking with uh, James Embry, um, who will be in the Twin Cities on a Joy and Justice tour from uh, June 16th to the 20th. Um, and we'll be right back. What's wrong, girl? You don't treat me like... Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture and a person who believes the practice of joy makes resiliency, sustainability, and justice possible. And very pleased to have uh, Jim Embry. Um, and Jim has been for 50 years. He's participated in uh, most of the major social movie movements, uh, the civil rights movement, the student, the black power, environmental, anti-war, peace, women's disability, interfaith, food, justice, and local food. Um, and um, in 2023, he got a James Beard Award for his leadership work. Um, and you have worked on so many different things. I, I feel... Uh, You've, you developed something called Sustainable Communities Network. You're a board member of Slow Food. You're a founder of co-ops. <laughs> so you've done all this work. So just give us a little overview again of all the different things you did that earned that James Beard Leadership Award. Yes, absolutely. And again, um, because of my ancestors, my family legacy, 
of agrarian intellectual activists is what kind of gave me the springboard to do what I do and get this award. And I'll be recognizing them in my very first words uh, as I speak there in Chicago. Uh, but because of the family legacy around cooperatives, uh, black farmer cooperatives, teacher cooperatives, business leagues, church cooperatives, and so forth, I had this tradition of, of believing in working together cooperatively, collaboratively. So in 71, uh, my wife and I had our first child we began raising the question about how do we feed him? Because back in the early 70s, what was predominant, okay, in the stores was crappy food, processed food, and it still is to, to a degree. <laughs> yeah. um, and we thought, wow, then we should take this whole question of how do we feed ourselves into our own hands and form a natural foods cooperative that's called Good Foods Co-op. Uh, and we've been around for 50, I think, one year is now, uh, and there were about 400 of those that, that um, actually were formed around the country. About half of us left. And back then, Laura, we, we, we were formed upon three principles. One was local food. Second was healthy food. And then third was organic food. That was long before the federal government adopted, I think in the 90s or so, the organic standards long before many states like Kentucky has what's called Kentucky Proud label in 2004, long before that, us young folk, okay, that was called a black hippie, okay, <laughs> kind of head around with a big afro, you know, I had beads on, <laughs> make my own sandals and leather work, you know, and did tie-dye. But, um, but us young people knew uh, uh, some truths about questions of food, and the ideas of the of the system of economics was based upon giving people this trashy food, chemicalized food, food that makes you unhealthy, poisons the air, poisons the water. And we wanted to have nothing to do with that. So we began forming, again, a, a food co-op uh, 50 years ago. And uh, we are uh, still thriving uh, and, and we do great work. And we just, matter of fact, thinking about unions, our co-op just uh, about a year ago, approved uh, a union for uh, its staff members. And then, uh, so that uh, uh, food co-op then also led me to get more involved in urban agriculture, uh, supporting rural farmers and, and the rural economy, and then traveling around at different conferences, both um, in the U.S. I went to Cuba uh, to study organic agriculture in, in, in Cuba. I went to India on a similar kind of a journey. I was in Brazil, what's called the World Social Forum, uh, hanging out with what's called the, the Momento Centero, the Landless Workers Movement, uh, Via Capacina, and all kinds of international kinds of connections. And yeah, Jim, unfortunately, I mean, we can talk a long time because we're down to the last thing. And I just want to give again a shout out so people can learn more about you. You will be in the Twin Cities for Juneteenth Justice. That's June 16th through the 20th. On Friday, June 16th, there's an annual peace uh, celebration at Western Sculpture Park. That's from 2 to 6. And then on Saturday, June 17th, Frogtown Farm, 2 to 7 o'clock. And um, and then on Tuesday, the June 14th, 24th, June 24th, a final morning breakfast um at Breaking Bread Cafe. So what a wonderful story and wonderful life and um, the promise of conclusion, the promise of love, justice, yes. and sustainability and health. It's all interconnected. Absolutely. 
Thank you, Laura. Thank you to Free, Free, uh, Food Freedom Radio. Thank you for staff, listening. All the audience, we love y'all. Love yeah. y'all. Yeah. See y'all in the Twin Cities, June <laughs> 16th to 20th.